Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. The Advertising Show being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. You can visit them online at adage.com. Advertising Show, a big radio midgets production. This week, we've uh, we've held nothing back. We have a great guest with us of both hours, Donna Fenn, contributing editor at Inc. Magazine, and a brand new book. It's called Alpha Dogs, How Your Small Business Can Become a Leader of the Pack. And there's a story behind the fact that it's called Alpha Dogs, Brad. And we'll share that here when we get her on the air. And uh, who else do we have? Joe Jaffe coming up here momentarily. And uh, he's talking about a world without advertising. What would that be? Not a good mm. one. Patrick Myers with us next hour. Limited edition is his topic. Uh, price versus value in uh, not this hour, but next hour. Jeffrey Gittimer has a tip for you. So what are you worth? Well, maybe you're not charging enough. Andy Borowitz, uh, uh, this, is, this is kind of funny. This is a friends and family eavesdropping plan that the CIA has come up with. Does that sound cool or what? So we've got that going on. Uh, let's see. Uh, what else do we have? The Wacky World of Marketing. A little bit later on this hour, we're going to slam something, I understand. It's not uh, good advertising. It's bad advertising. So we'll do that here uh, as well. On the Advertising Show, good to have you along. And we have uh, just so many things going on here. What do you got there? Well, I, first of all, I need to make make a record of whether you had your your hot dog this past uh, Memorial Day weekend. Did you get around to that, right? It was a it was a turkey hot dog. Yes, it mm. was. Uh, you know, ironically, Brad, we didn't. <laughs> we had uh, we had uh, marinated chicken instead. Boy, was it good. Yeah, with, with jalapenos, it was delicious. Well, good. So, yeah, good. Uh, and and any golfing over the weekend just to get get that out of the way. You know, unfortunately, not. Uh, no, it was home repair weekend for Ray. Well, so, you always look so sexy with that belt on. Well, the white belt and the shoes that match. No, no, no. The belt, well, the, the utility belt. belt you know, it's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a tool belt diva, right? And and yeah. you know, we do have a special uh, advertising item of the week, and it's unusual this week, Ray, in that there's not any one particular advertiser that we're going to get after this week. It it, it kind of ties in with having Donna. I didn't say kind of. I meant it does tie it does in tie with in. Uh, okay. having Donna on the show who specializes in uh, in her in this particular case with her new book, Alpha Dogs, uh, yeah. with regard to small businesses. So uh, it ties in with that. And, you know, we, we've had for a long time listeners uh, uh, from Madison Avenue and other parts of the world that uh, are with the larger agencies and the larger marketing firms. and. Sure. C-level executives on the client side. And, you know, if you're a smaller agency, and we do have some smaller, real small, about a foot and a half. No, we have some smaller agencies. Uh, so this is uh, a list. big radio midgets production. So That's true. Great. We have them eavesdropping in to see what the big boys are doing from time to time. So if you are a, uh, a small business or, an, or a small agency that caters to small business clients, then uh, this is your show. It it's is. a great show. You yeah. can actually have the show. Uh, take it home with you if you want. That's fine. Not a problem. You could have it after we're done with it. How does that sound? But we need to stay. Uh, have you stay right here. TheAdvertisingShow.com is the uh, destination and a great place for not only this show, uh, but literally uh, lots, <laughs> I would say hundreds, but yeah, that's true, hundreds of other shows as well. A lot of great guests through the years, too, on The Advertising Show. Uh, have you seen this? I, this is the first I've heard about this. This is out of uh, the New York Times um, this past week. It says, the drama Mad Men is set at the uh, fictional advertising agency of Sterling Cooper. 
Mm-hmm. And the uh, typewriters, overflowing ashtrays, and free-flowing liquor make it clear that it's said in the industry's distant past. Uh, show's producers hoping to lure single-sponsor advertising to lend the show to even more of a period flavor. The, uh, the AMC Cable TV Network is considering picking up the show as a weekly series. That's out of the time. So it's called Mad Men. Not Ad Men, but Mad Men. So what since when can you smoke in an office? Not for many years, and that's a good thing, isn't it? Well, yeah. Well, oh. let me turn my cell phone off. Did you want to probably take... the message from you, Ray? You, you called me earlier. Exactly. Did you want to take that call? No, actually, uh, it'll oh, go to voicemail. It'll go to voicemail. <laughs> as, as we go to voicemail here, let's uh, let's bring in uh, uh, Joe Jaffe <laughs> has a different perspective here on the advertising show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. If you dare to risk seeing the world from a new point of view. Join us now for a different perspective, featuring author and new marketing consultant Joseph Jaffe. There's a presentation that I give quite often called The World Without Advertising. And sometimes I feel that all the debate about whether the 30-second spot is on a decline or is stagnating or is alive and kicking, etc., all of that is irrelevant. Why not just get to the meat of the entire issue at hand? Are consumers outgrowing advertising? Think about it for a second. Is it really a ludicrous concept to have to fathom? Just look at Google's market capitalization. Don't tell me when you look at that market cap that consumers aren't outgrowing advertising. They don't need you. They don't need us to tell them what to buy, where to buy, how much to buy. They're quite capable themselves of being able to figure out exactly what they're looking for or even what they're not looking for at any given time because they're also connected to one another. And it is through this new network that consumers are a lot more in touch, in tune, up to date and able to make the kinds of complex purchasing decisions that we used to take credit for. Consumers are outgrowing advertising. And unless we figure out pretty quickly how to make sure that we put the right message in front of the right person in the right place at the right time of the right mindset to get the right results, advertising is going to go the way of the dodo and quicker than we ever have imagined. Get working, guys. Time's running out. This has been A Different Perspective, featuring Joseph Jaffe, president of new marketing consulting practice Jaffe LLC and author of Life After the 32nd Spot. And if there was a world without advertising, Joe would be in a different uh, format. I would see him fixing uh, Volvos as a master hmm. mechanic or something like that, right? At it's least a mechanic. Uh, it'll what? At least a mechanic, maybe At least not a, a master. Mechanic. No, a master. Yeah. That's okay. right. uh, Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth here on the Advertising Show. Donna Finn is our uh, special guest for this hour and for next hour. We're just about to bring Donna on. Her book is called Alpha Dogs, How Your Small Business Can Become a Leader of the Pack. And it really, uh, I, love, um, I love books like this because uh, it has showcases and stories by people who are successful at what they do you know that's that's a great way to kind of get eight metters all in one book and and go uh, go see what they've done and see their strategies and their stories so we've got uh, donna on in just a moment donna's been around a little while here not that she's old okay i was gonna say or is he saying she's she's old or she's a young person but she's been a lot of uh, done a lot of things as well Uh, started writing when she was seven i think probably so Mm -hmm. yeah well that would be in what what grade third Fourth. Uh, seven would be second. <laughs> okay. The New yes. York Times, Newsweek, Washington uh, Monthly, Working Woman, uh, Working Mother, Family Money, CFO, Corporate Finance, Parents, New England uh, Monthly. She's busy, okay? 
You know, you mentioned the uh, New York Times. Uh, Stuart Elliott, when we had him on the show, I believe he had worked for, uh, uh, had written for Working Woman. And I did, well, I think I asked him, Ray, if I recall correctly. Stuart Elliott worked for Working Woman? He wrote, he for, wrote for Working Woman. I think, I don't know whether it was freelance or whether he was employed by him. Maybe we can check with uh, Donna. But I think it was determined that he did not wear a skirt when he went to work at Working Woman. I certainly Woman. hope so. And yeah. He, didn't, didn't he did like, either. he did stay with the wig, though. Oh, he did? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and a little lip gloss there. there. Mm. We better be careful what we say about Stuart. That's not good. We've got more of the advertising show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsythe. The advertising show, by the way, is powered by uh, uh, Shipple.com. That's the uh, the website, uh, folks, uh, who uh, really do a great job of web marketing. Go to Shipple.com, S-C-H-I-P-U-L.com, and uh, check out a thing called Tendency. It really makes uh, marketing uh, from your website a really cool thing and a lot more effective as well. So we'll be back uh, with a couple of segments this hour and next hour, too, with Donna Fenn, who is contributing editor at Inc. Magazine and author of a really cool book called Alpha Dogs. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. I love Bacco. It's rich in chocolate tea. It was good, but it wasn't as good as Ovaltine, okay? On the advertising show, Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth, and uh, back uh, for our interview segment, a couple of this hour with Donna Fenn, who is a contributing editor at Inc. Magazine, more than 20 years' experience in writing about entrepreneurship and small business trends. In 01, she was a co-recipient of the Women's Economic Roundtable Entrepreneurship Prize, sponsored by the Kauffman Center for Entrepreneurial Leadership. Say that three times. From 88, well, almost said 68, from 88 to 92, she lived in Saudi Arabia, where she was a correspondent for the Associated Press and covered a variety of issues, including business, culture, the economy, the, the Gulf War as well. And as we said, she has a brand new book out, Donna does. Out of New York, it's Alpha Dogs, How Your Small Business Can Become a Leader of the Pack. And Brad, there's a story behind that. Donna, bless your heart, Donna, also has... Three dogs. Hmm. Is that wonderful or what? Huh? I mean, let's let's talk dogs the rest of the segment. The heck with this advertising stuff. That's right. We have <laughs> um, nine dogs among us, I hear. Absolutely. That's probably well, enough to form a kennel or something. Or like a dog sled team. Or, or, yeah, exactly. Or it would <laughs> be illegal in some city limits, I would imagine. Uh, yeah, we did that one time. It was not good. Uh, yeah. But anyway, Donna, welcome to the advertising show. How nice to, to have you take part of your weekend and join us here. No problem. Great to be here. Yeah, and a great book, by the way. Uh, I encourage everyone. Uh, Collins is the publisher, and uh, Alpha Dogs is the book. And if you are... Uh, well, let's let's define who your audience is for a moment. Are we to assume that it's uh, especially for small business uh, owners and entrepreneurs? Yeah, I, well, that's I, I would say the main market is people who uh, who are thinking of starting or who have a small business that they'd like to grow. Uh, but I always say that I think the market is broader than that because I think that in this day and age with these mega corporations forming because of all of these mergers and acquisitions, that the bigger a company gets, the, the more important it is. For it to behave entrepreneurially when it, within its um, within its division, so I think there's a, there's a good takeaway for big, for managers and CEOs of big corporations as well. 
Well, leave it to a, a business writer to figure out how to appeal to everyone right there. there so, go. yeah, uh, let's start with the uh, central hypothesis of your book. Is it fair that you, that you could sum up a central hypothesis, even though you're featuring eight different uh, successful companies? Well, I mean, I think that the big idea is that it doesn't really matter what kind of, of business or what industry you're in. It doesn't matter if you're in a, in a very sort of mundane um, mundane kind of business or industry that that it's very possible uh, to to become wildly successful. Uh, really, not so much because of what you do, but how you do it. So the the, the book is really centered around companies that I mean, I like to tell people that the, the that when I went about choosing the companies that would be in the book, uh, I, one of my criteria was they had to be described with a noun and a verb. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and and that would be it. Make socks, sells bikes, um, uh, you know, conduct auctions. And if it were any more complicated than that, then it, then that, then that was not for me for this book. Uh, so the idea is that these are companies that are really very simple, very easy to understand. That you might view as sort of a dime and a dime a dozen out there in the marketplace, but that they've really popped because uh, not so much because of what they do, but because of the strategies that they've employed to become um, very successful. Well, so Donna, you know, of all the uh, companies out there that are true, truly successful and, and great uh, uh, showcases of success uh, in their own right, how, how do you go about choosing only eight companies? Was it some networking, some previous experiences? How did you determine these? Well, that, yeah, part of it was that. Um, first of all, I, there were a few companies that are a couple of companies that I knew I wanted to include most definitely, and one was Zane's Cycles in Brantford, Connecticut, uh, uh, Chris Zane has a bike shop. I had written about him twice for Inc., which is really unusual because typically when we write a feature about a company, that's that's it. We don't write another one. Um, uh, but uh, you know, I you know I, I I love Chris's business. I knew I wanted to include him in the book, and so that was a no-brainer. Uh, and then I think what I did is I sort of sat back and I thought about what what were the strategies that I wanted to cover. And then I went about looking for companies that would illustrate those strategies, and I drew upon my my sort of vast. Well, as you said, I'm as old as dirt, just about. <laughs> well, <and>, uh, <laughs> race it, right, right, race it. No, just a high level of experience, Donna. <laughs> a high level of experience, right? Um, so, uh, yeah, I have I have many years of, of contacts and a thick rolodex, and so uh, I um, I did call around and ask for suggestions. I wanted geographic diversity. I wanted diversity in terms of the kinds of companies I covered. I wanted men and women. Um, I didn't plan on on half of my chapters being about women, but that's how it worked out, and that really delights me because uh, uh, it. Uh, you know, years ago it was when, when I first started at Inc. Magazine. Twenty years ago, um, we sometimes had a very tough time finding uh, female entrepreneurs in high growth companies. And now it's not difficult at all. It's uh, you know there are just as many female alpha dogs out there as male alpha dogs. You know we're going to jump into some details uh, specifically from your book and some great uh, great nourishment for all of those uh, entrepreneurs out there looking for some. Uh, great additives to their companies, but uh, you know, before we do that, I'm curious. You know, I, I don't think a lot of people realize that 98 percent of all businesses are small businesses. I'm curious why small businesses have just never gotten the respect they deserve. Kind of the Rodney Dangerfield of the business community. Is it they're just not see, they just don't seem to be all that sexy, or there's a lot of mistakes being made, or what do you 
you think, Donna? Well, I mean, I, I definitely, I think that first of all, that I think that used to be the case. I think you, you, uh, you know, entrepreneur was, you know, another word for entrepreneur was loser twenty years ago, <laughs> right? This is yeah. something that you did. This is something that you did if you couldn't get a job in yourself. <laughs> if you, um, kind of like being a journalist. Yeah. If you, uh, uh, you know, if you had a, a dad in the business, you went to work for your dad, and that was viewed as, oh my goodness, probably nobody else will hire him or her. But that, um, you know, that really began to change. I think in the early '80s, when when Inc. first um, when when Inc. first started, uh, there were no magazines for entrepreneurs. And I remember when I first got my uh, when I was first hired at Inc. in 1983, my friend saying, "What are you doing there? Nobody cares about entrepreneurs. Why are you writing about those guys?" Uh, but I think what's happened now is that entrepreneurs get much more respect than they used to, and part of the reason for that is. Uh, you know, we've seen all this corporate downsizing. You've, you know, if, if you're a kid in college now, you probably, you, you may have experienced your parents or your friends' parents being downsized. You've seen all these corporate scandals. And suddenly, I think that uh, the prospect of starting your own company is, is almost more secure and, and safer and a better bet than hitching your star to a big corporation that's just going to, you know, cut you loose when they don't need you anymore. So I think being an entrepreneur now is really sort of, is turned into sort of a sexy thing to do, uh, and uh, and I do think that there, there are many many more magazines, much more coverage of the small business world than uh, than there used to be. Yeah, so I think I that, that, that entrepreneurship is, is really finally getting the respect that it deserves. And, and you summed it up well: downsizing, consolidation, early retirement—all these elements lined up to uh, nice to day. force people into an entrepreneurial endeavor. And uh, as you say, the children have seen the parent parents go through this, and uh, uh, and in a lot of cases, uh, be forced into a situation where they find that they are now right. enjoying their their uh, careers much better as being the owner and the driver of right. their future. What do we well, have? You know, one, of the, one of the things that's happening now is, um, you know, the Kauffman Center um, in Kansas City has done some great research on entrepreneurship, and one of the things that I noted on their website a couple of weeks ago was that there are now 400 endowed chairs in entrepreneurship and related fields in American colleges and universities. And this hmm. is, you know, I think doubled in the past five, six years, and it's, it's, it's unprecedented that we've got kids now going to college with the express interest of becoming entrepreneurs. It's never happened before. Our special guest here on the show uh, out of New York this weekend is Donna Fenn, author of Alpha Dogs, How Your Small Business Can Become a Leader of the Pack. Also a contributing editor to Inc. Magazine, which is, by the way, a fine magazine. DonnaFenn.com, F-E-N-N, or you can go to alphadogs.org to see more about that. Are there any dogs on the site, or is this uh, just... Uh, uh, on no your, dogs. No dogs? Okay. You no need dogs. To put I should put dogs on the site, but I think not so. yet. We would love to see it. Okay. We, have, uh, we have more of the advertising show and uh, more of our interview with uh, Donna this hour and next uh, with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsythe up in uh, just a moment. Let's see. What do we have here? Uh, the wacky world of marketing. Did you know that in some countries, Brad, that it's uh, not a good idea to be a non-vegetarian? Well, it's uh, it's happening. It's it's and this is this is true stuff. So listen closely. We'll have it next break, and we'll be back with Don in just a minute. Trey Shillings and Brad Forsyth. And now it's time for the wacky world of marketing. Wacky world of marketing. Here's your host, Bruce Abbott. Our wacky update heads to Bombay, India, where customer research takes a whole new twist. It's discrimination by diet. AP reports it's perfectly legal in India. Home buyers in booming Bombay are frequently asked, veg or non-veg? 
For many, if they're meat lovers, the deal is off. Real estate broker Norbert Pinto says many vegetarians won't sell to meat eaters, even if they offer a higher price. Non-vegetarians charge they're the victims of discrimination, but Indian courts have ruled that local housing groups may make their own rules on who will or won't be allowed to rent or buy. And that, my friends, is the wacky world of marketing. This program was written and produced by Bruce Abbott, executive producer of the Advertising Show. Join us next time when we uncover the strange, the bizarre, and unfortunately, the true wacky world of marketing. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. Another public service announcement from Brill Cream. Men, beware. Use one dab of Brill Cream. Just a little dab makes your hair look excitingly clean. Disturbingly healthy. This is The Advertising Show. Here's another public service. Never use Brill Cream on your dog. Okay, it's not Mm. a good thing. Uh, Alpha Dogs, how your small business can become a leader of the pack. It's Donna Fenn out of uh, New York. Uh, DonnaFenn.com or AlphaDogs.org is where you can find out more about the book and about what Donna does as a contributing editor also to Inc. Magazine. Donna, welcome back to The Advertising Show. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, just to continue that, Ray, a great book and some great examples, as you mentioned earlier, a great way to uh, have a little peek into eight different companies and the success of, uh, of each of, of these companies. And Donna does a great job of covering each one of them. Let's get into some of the uh, the heart of the matter here, Donna. How, how is it that uh, CEOs today with uh, uh, small small businesses have to, uh, I would imagine there would be a bit of a challenge because many of these uh, sm- small business entrepreneurs have to balance a bit of the administrative aspect of running one's business as well as focus on increasing uh, revenue. In other words, the, the, both the running of the company as well as the sales aspect of the business. How, how does one uh, balance that effort? Well, um, I think that almost every CEO that I've spoken to, they love the sales aspect. They love to be, you know, Mr. or Mrs. outside and the stuff that they hate is the administrative stuff. So I, mean, I think that every single entrepreneur that I know of has got to come to terms with the fact that when the company gets to a certain point, uh, that they're going to need a trusted number two beside them. Mm-hmm. And, the, and that number two person is typically the, the, you know, Mr. or Mrs. inside, the person who does, who, uh, you know, who's sort of uh, mining, the sto- mining the store while the CEO is out doing what he or she does best, which is typically drumming up new business and, and boosting revenue. If you're only uh, out there growing revenue, then you're going to come home one day and find out that all the systems you had in place when you were a half-million-dollar business are falling apart when you're a million-dollar or two-million or three-million-dollar business, and that happens an awful lot. So I think that that's a long-winded answer to your question, but I think the key is get help. You know, of the million, yeah, I think that's a good point. Of the million or so small businesses that are started each year, Donna, apparently uh, last figures I recall seeing is something like uh, 25% go out of business before the end of their second year, and some 60% uh, will call it quits after six years. Right, uh, right. Do we find that it's uh, maybe in some cases these companies are, uh, or these individuals happen to be really good at their core competency of what they're offering, but yet maybe lack a little bit in administrative? I'd always heard before that uh, undercapitalization was a major problem of many small businesses. What, what, what's your feel for that? 
Well, I mean, I think that I think it's probably a little bit of everything. I mean, also let's not forget that uh, that there are some people who just decide that they don't want to be in business anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think in the, in our country, we're not terribly good at keeping track of uh, of you know who goes out of business and for what reason. Uh, yes, sixty percent may close after six years. Are they all bankruptcies? Uh, no, they're not. Um, some people just decide, you know, I, it's too hard. It's mm-hmm. not what I thought it was going to be. I don't like uh, dealing with employees. Uh, I don't know. You know, I, I am undercapitalized. You know, Walmart has come to town now, and it's impossible for me to stay in business. Um, you know, I think it's. I think it's a. It's a variety of things, but. Um, you know, I do think that one of the main uh, mistakes that business owners make is is that they go into business for sort of for, for love of the, of the product or service that they're selling, um, and that they don't also have love for their businesses. Mm-hmm. And I, I, do, I do think that in, in order to be a successful entrepreneur, you have just really got to love the game, uh, and you've got to be interested in creating a company that people fall in love with, and that and that is. It, that is very key. People should be in love with your business, not just in love with the, the product or the service that you're selling. Well, and that's an outstanding point. You know, uh, earlier you were talking about your, your number two go-to guy, so to speak. And, you know, we've all heard that entrepreneurs should ideally build a, a business that can work without the owner's involvement on a day-to-day basis. But yet I think many entrepreneurs, Donna, find, you know, most of them are control freaks and they tend to be a little uneasy about yeah. losing control. So, you know, how, how do you encourage uh, an owner to, to create a company that's capable of operating without their micromanagement tendencies? Oh boy, that is really tough because you, you know, when you hit the nail on the head, they really do. They, they, I mean, one side of them says I really need to hire staff so that I don't need to be here twenty four seven or be thinking about this twenty four seven. And there's another side that says, boy, I don't really want a company that can live without me because I am the company. My mm-hmm. ego and my, you know, my life is so wrapped up in this. Um, the other mistake that they make is they hire mini me all the time. You know, they, they'll, they'll realize that they need help, and then they go out and they try to look for people who are exactly like them, which is a mm-hmm. huge mistake. Right. Um, so you really want to, you know, you've got to hire people who have skills that complement your own. I mean, if you're a good salesperson, then you know you want somebody who you, you need somebody who's great at finance. You, you need somebody who's great at operations. Um, if, if you happen to sort of, you know, love the technology aspects of your business, then you need somebody who can go out and sell. Um, I, I mean, I do think that it takes a certain amount of, um, you know, of having self-knowledge and being honest with yourself about what you what you can do, what you can't do, and uh, and the sort of people that you need to to, uh, to round out your company so that you've got all the skill sets available to grow. And finding mm-hmm. those people is not exactly the easiest thing to do either. And it's going to get harder. Yeah. It's gonna right. Harder. And, you know, we're headed for a labor shortage, as you guys probably know. I don't know if you've been talking about that on your show, but no going to be a huge issue coming down the pike you know we've with got all these the i'm sorry go ahead boomers yeah, yeah. right uh, right there's uh, a large shift uh, there's a large shift of us boomers that'll be retiring and we didn't have enough children to replace ourselves have we i know we didn't same <laughs> on us right yeah well i'm working on that junior there i'm still working on that no uh well you know that you you make a very good point about uh, lining people up that are your opposite, and I think a great deal of confidence is what it takes in an entrepreneur to, to go in that direction. And we'll talk more about that next hour. We would probably want to do that because if we don't stop talking at this point, Brad, yeah. there's a commercial coming. You can see it's oh. like a train at the other end of the tunnel here. So. <laughs> Look out. Get out of the way. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is the Advertising Show. 
This is the advertising show, Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth. Bromo Quinine is uh, is on the table here. Uh, sometimes we, we use that during the show. Uh, usually to add a little scotch to or something like that. Any uh, dog biscuits today? Dog biscuits, yeah, really. <laughs> alpha dogs. And I, I think it's a good idea. We recommended to Donna that uh, she have her dogs on her alpha dogs website. And she should. Mm-hmm. So maybe she'll, she'll go ahead and... we have to visit that. No, she said she doesn't, but she was thinking no. about it. That's fine. Yeah. So it's alpha dogs, uh, how your small business can become a leader of the pack. If you have dogs, you know what an alpha dog is. And if you know anything about dogs, you know that as well. So I'm wearing stuff a flea there. collar today. Are you really? Hmm? I, I have one of those things on my head. You know the things that I strike. So well, can't actually, you use face. that little spot, that little spot that goes all over your body for the flea protection. The that spot. little liquid that you put on the uh, dog. I don't know whether you whether you guys yeah. use that on your dogs, but it never stays on, and uh, they always just the moment after you squeeze that on their neck, they shake it off. And well, people I, are, people <laughs> are tuning in and thinking. I thought what this was called the advertising yeah. show. What the right. heck is going on here? It's gone to the dogs. Yes, it is, but uh, yeah. that's fine. Hey, the, the the really small screen may be the future for MTV, and you now know what we're talking about. Uh, well, you're probably talking about the mobile phone or the cell phone. Uh-huh. The mature uh, brand age of uh, 25. Mature? All right, right. MTV thinking small, as in the small screens of mobile phones, iPods, game players, is a way to stay current with the 15-year-olds. They're leading the effort to develop new cutting-edge programming. Uh, There's a new uh, executive VP, uh, multi-platform production, news, and music. The guy's name is uh, David Srulnik. He needs a new last name. Srulnik. So that's David's (laughs) job to uh, to hit the 15-year-olds. Sounds like a character you'd find on Seinfeld. David Srulnik. He lives next next door. (laughs) You know, you mentioned MTV, and it's interesting because I just had this item I was going to read about MTV as well, and I'll go ahead and it'll become the MTV hour here. But uh, MTV is planning to simulcast, I thought this was pretty cool, alternate versions of its television programming on its video broadband channel, MTV Overdrive, starting with the MTV Video Awards this uh, August 31st and following with uh, Total Request Live, that's TRL for those in the know, right. uh, later this fall. MTV launched Overdrive on uh, April 25th and is already offering interviews, backstage uh, footage, as well as on-demand advertising, su- advertiser-supported music video access. So it's mm-hmm. an interesting uh, idea, and I think, uh, you know, leave it to MTV to stay on top of things with a, a broadband video channel, and as you were mentioning with the... Uh, Extremely small screen, this, this, the mobile phone. Yeah, which is really cool. Why not? Um, it's not where it's supposed to be as of yet technologically, but it, it's getting close and, and, and moving quickly in that direction as well. Did you hear about uh, Whoopi getting her uh, Clear Channel Radio program? No. Whoopi Goldberg. What is that on the Comedy Channel? Or well, it's or uh, well uh, apparently uh, it's a program show? aimed aimed at women, obviously, to air on mostly adult contemporary radio stations owned by Clear Channel Ray, and it's starting. Oh, not, uh, oh it's on the Clear Channel stations. I got it. Okay. Yes, yeah. it's going to be starting July thirty first. That's cool. And it's called Wake Up with Whoopi. Obviously, morning drive, I would think. How sweet. Uh, her, her program will broadcast 5 to 9 a.m. from the New York uh, st- uh, Clear Channel station. And you're right. It'll have a little blend of her, her comedy and daily topics and listener call-ins, et cetera. So it'll, we'll see how it goes with old Whoopster. We had uh, my old station in Detroit, Brad, had uh, Danny Bonaducci on. Yeah. He did mornings uh, live. Uh, when in you the, were in there? The, in the air studio. No, this is after I left and came to yeah. Houston. But uh 
He was your replacement? Yeah, right. No, Dick Curtin was my replacement, uh, which is an incredible, great personality in Detroit. Well, Um, fell in some big shoes. Oh, yeah. No, he's a good guy. Uh, But uh, Bonaducci did mornings live in Detroit on uh, the station. And then in the evening, he did a split shift, and he actually did an afternoon show live from the production studio in a Chicago station. So he did yeah. that, uh, a couple of different uh, formats there. I you know, this is before that. the satellite stuff and all that kind of yeah. stuff. As well. That would be ISDN line, I suppose. Yeah, and, you know, I don't think it was called ISDN back then. No. I'm not sure exactly how they got his voice over there, but uh, obviously it worked. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. And now he's living somewhere else, not in Detroit. Beating up on someone. No, he's not. Getting into fights. No, no. He's he's a, he's a high-spirited he's a guy, but yeah. he's he's gotten control of his uh, his life and, and doing a lot better than he used to be. That's, that's good for well, him as well. That's what getting clean and getting off drugs will do for hey, you. Hey, what a concept. Yeah. Uh, speaking of fast food. We had to food, try that. <laughs> absolutely. Fast food, snack food, and sodas increasingly drawing fire for links to childhood obesity and, oh. and other bad behaviors. Movie studios are casting a wider net than uh, chain restaurants and candy when seeking partners for the uh, the movie marketing tie-ins. Uh, this you summer, we're good and plenty. We will do this. This summer, insurance companies, auto parts, and accessory manufacturers <laughs> <laughs> got high blood pressure. Just to use a little fuel injector cleaner. It's good for you. Uh, websites, credit card companies, among the marketers, locked into the big ticket movies as well. So that's changing a little bit there. And those are all low fat, low calorie. We've got more on the way, and it's uh, actually our advertising feature coming up next on the Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brent Forsyth. Simplifying the complex world of advertising. To reach Ray and Brad with your questions, log on to theadvertisingshow.com. This is The Advertising Show. Today's your brute day. Today you've got a run and start. You're a man who feels the part. It's your lucky brute day today. Get your day off to a running start. With yes, sir. Thank you, Joe Montana. Let's do it, Joe Montana. Who is that? Joe uh, Namath. Joe Namath. A, a Namath of a person of uh, a fountain or whatever. Some quarterback, though, like Montana. Good quarterback, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, good spokesperson for brute because, you know, you wanted to be like Joe Namath when you were a kid growing up, unless you were a girl. <laughs> you want to be like, one yeah. like somebody else. Well, I don't know. There have been some girls that wanted to be like Joe Namath. Probably so, yes. Who are now on the PGA. Yes. No, don't say that. That's not nice. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's the advertising show, Ray Schillens, Brad Forsyth, and our uh, special guest, Donna Fenn, is back with us next hour. Alpha Dogs, how your small business can become a leader of the pack. And every week we look at the uh, the good side and the bad side of advertising. You were saying that uh, earlier this hour that you had a tie-in with our guest mm-hmm. today. So let's let's check it out right now. And now it's time for the bad advertising item of the week. You know, I feel bad when we slam things, but it's it's for a good cause and uh, the uh, contributions go toward the charitable uh, thing, so that's good. We have uh, we have <laughs> the 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 not so glamorous side of advertising here with uh, Brad. What do you have there? Yeah, and we you're right. We have been generous for many weeks and it's High time we uh, had a bad advertising item of the week. And you're right. Since we are talking small business today, Ray, I thought it would be appropriate to feature something along the lines of customer relations and this week's bad advertising item of the week. The item that I'm about to read uh, appeared in an alternative newspaper in a, a major market. You know the kind of paper, Ray. It's a tabloid yes, right. format that usually has an editorial and, and news approach that's typically more liberal 
uh, point of view than right. your your typical daily major major daily. Isn't that the uh, Christian Science Monitor? Is what you're correct? Saying. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, th- this uh, w- what I'm going to read here is uh, an area reserved for readers to respond about business and social issues when they write in, and it's kind of a sounding off column. And in this particular case, it's a business related experience, and you'll understand more after I read this short article. And here it goes. Thanks a lot, Mister Auto Mechanic. I bought a fairly new car from you weeks ago, there was a small rattling sound coming from the undercarriage. What should have been an hour-long diagnosis uh, turned out to be a five-hour wait. Then your service manager came out and estimated it would cost me $1,000 to repair. Yeah, I got upset. Who wouldn't? So I left it. Uh, I left and got a second opinion from a friend of mine who also is a mechanic. Turns out the problem was simply a matter of a loose bolt. After waiting 30 minutes and spending no money at all, my car was back to normal. Had I never gotten a second opinion, you would have milked me for a grand for a loose bolt. But, hey. It's your life. If you want to make a living by ripping off honest people, that's your choice, just like it's my choice to tell everyone I know to make sure they stay far away from you. So what do we have here? You know, if you're a small business, Ray, uh, customer service or what's now known as customer relations or CRM is the most critical aspect of one's business that I think really uh, needs some uh, focus, especially if you're going to grow your business and become maybe something more than a small business. So when a company experiences a dissatisfied customer, and we've talked about this a lot here on the advertising show, you as a business owner have an opportunity to either create a customer for life mm-hmm. or you can create uh, fumble you can fumble this opportunity and create a major uh, pain in the neck who will go out of his way to make sure and uh, tell people about the bad experience and it'll do more to destroy any kind of advertising or marketing campaign can do to help you you know most small businesses uh, ad ad budgets are either poorly managed or poorly executed or both mm-hmm. uh, and so when it comes to customer relations here's something that you can truly control and, and see you know results uh, when things are handled properly and when it comes to a dissatisfied customer a big thing that a lot of small companies don't do ray and and it's not just unique to small companies all companies they tend to get into this argument about who's right and who's wrong course, and yeah. really it does not matter if the perception in the consumer's mind is that they've been wronged then acknowledge it and move on but but solve the problem and if a frontline staff member who handles customer complaints doesn't handle it right i don't look down upon that individual i might feel a little bit down about sure, it, but yeah. you, you got to look at that as a poor management and a poor training issue. So uh, if you're a small business person, remember, if the customer believes they've been wronged, they've been wronged. Don't try to convince them otherwise. Find a way to make them happy, and they will become one of your best marketing tools you'll ever have. So sorry to all of you small business companies out there that fumble dissatisfied right. customer complaints because you're our entire group of mm-hmm. advertiser advertising items of the week. Gee, that's more than a dozen, exactly. I've had some experiences lately in that area. One was with a uh, major car rental who will not get my business anymore, and I'll just take it to another company, and, you know, shame on them. And and I think I've got other examples like that, Ray, but I think a lot of people 
today are so time constressed, uh, Mm -hmm. compressed, I should say, uh, that they they don't follow up that often to even complain that you just move on and you go on and you you go to a new new place of business for your business. And there's no better story that travels faster than that of a bad experience, a bad customer experience. Jeffrey Gittimer says uh, that's a great way to engage uh, your client. If you have screwed up, if something has gone wrong with your product, become a hero and fix the problem and eat it if you have to. Because they're, they're going to remember and they're going to tell their friends not about the fact that you didn't, that maybe your product was faulty or your service wasn't as good. They're going to go, you know, these guys, they kind of made a mistake when they did this the first time, but they came back and they fixed it for free. They yeah. took care of me. And that's the kind of stuff that a lot of small businesses don't understand. Well, look at the big businesses as well. Uh, yep. You know, my, my phone uh, provider, uh, which, cell phone? Uh, the cell phone, which I'm not yep. going to say because that would be a plug. Uh, you know, I, I, yeah, okay, you said. <laughs> <laughs> um, would be they, they will not replace my phone because I am no longer among the elite of their customers. You know, we, right. we, you, you pay them uh, since uh, what is it, nineteen eighty, eighty eight, eighty? I guess it was. You know, one hundred fifty, couple hundred bucks a month, and all of a sudden you get on a, a less expensive plan and you are dirt, according to those people. Right. Uh, and no, we can't replace your phone, but my phone doesn't work. But well, if you sir, upgrade you your. Wait. Upgrade your package and they'll replace your phone. Yeah, right. A bunch Spend of more money so, with them. So I, I again didn't say the name, but uh, uh, right. I'm sure you're okay, saying it. The little echo. Little echo. Um, uh, but but what, what what a bad experience! So and see yeah. what's happening. We're talking about this now, right? In uh, a negative way. In a negative way. Yeah. So if you're in business for crying Verizon. out loud, don't be stupid. You, yeah. you, you're in business because of your customers, and that is the only right. reason you're in business. Don't be stupid like Verizon. Exactly. Well, yeah. three times. That's good. Brought to you by Advertising Age Magazine. The advertising show is visit online at adage.com. There's more with uh, Donna Fenn coming up next hour. The advertising show is a big radio midgets production. Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. We're so glad you decided to come back for hour number two of The Advertising Show, being brought to you by Advertising Age Magazine. Visit online at age.com. The advertising show is a big radio midgets production. Our special guest is a lady who has written a book but done so much more throughout her short life. Uh, it's Donna Fenn, the contributing editor at Mink Inc. Magazine, Mink Magazine, uh, with more than 20 years' experience writing about entrepreneurship and small business trends. Her book is called Alpha Dogs, How Your Small Business Can Become a Leader of the Pack. And it uh, highlights the reality of small businesses by showcasing eight successful entrepreneurs who share their stories and their strategies, too. There's a lot of books out there about entrepreneurs. Of course, the E-Myth is a good one. Michael Gerber uh, writes a great book as well and a great series of books. And uh, Jeffrey Gittimer is a, a must-read as well. But uh, this this is a new one on our list, uh, Alpha Dogs, How Your Small Business Can Become a Leader of the Pack. So we have you know, uh, Patrick Meyer here as well, this uh, segment. If Donna wants an idea, we'll, we, we'll give it to her. We were talking about this off the air just before coming back on for the second hour. And if she wanted a, a, to do a book on uh, customer service, uh, it could be entitled Bad Dog. And it would be a follow-up to this, Alpha Dogs. I like that. I like yeah. that. Subservient Dogs. 
And then we could do one on birth control, and it would have the dog tie-in. <laughs> it would be... Spay uh, your dog. <laughs> yeah, I think it would. Yeah, something like that. How to spay your dogs. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Um, we talked about uh, my, my favorite uh, cell phone company uh, last hour, just before mm-hmm. the break here. Right. And uh, they, they're, <laughs> they're sponsoring the summer tour of Colombian-born singer... Shakira uh, Sprint oh. is marketing cell phones uh, with Spanish language TV and download capabilities. It is clear the Hispanic mobile phone customer is in high demand. Well, there you go. I'm not Hispanic. They are more into their <laughs> cell phones and si. they're more dependent. <laughs> Gracias. And they are more dependent on them, says uh, Lee Rainey, who is the director of the Pew Internet and American Life Project. Oh, goodness. They're the biggest minority group and uh, Latino culture is spreading into every nook and cranny. Of American life, uh, life. We'll look at the Houston market here. How long did right. it take for a Latino station to uh, to uh, edge out the longstanding, uh, you know, station at uh, radio station we're talking yeah. about here? So. And you know, it's funny you say that uh, in a market like Houston. How many years ago? I think it was like uh, I'm going to go. Uh, let's see here. Around 25 years ago, when I was working. Uh, in Houston, mm-hmm. uh, it's been longer than that, of course, and, and since then. But 25 years ago, I recall uh, a city the size of Houston having one Spanish radio station, and it was an AM station at the end of the dial. Yes, and uh, it's it's you know phenomenal that uh, you know just 25 years ago they would only have one. Now the most popular That's radio huge. station in Houston is a Hispanic uh, station. So. Uh, that's, you know, times they have changed. And by the way, Shakira, mm-hmm. uh, every time I see a video of her, yes. I, I get a bunch of ones out. <laughs> I mean, to tell you, she is, uh, yeah. she's, uh, she's got some moves. Yeah, she does. Yeah. My wife walks DVD. into the room. <laughs> you change the channel? Is that what you do? Well, no. I, well, I should when she walks in because she looks over at me and she says, uh, are you watching one? No, this is MTV. This yeah, is not right. one of those other deals. That's right. Not that right. I watch that stuff anyway. Here's one of the, well, this guy gets dollars when he speaks and or does his act. <laughs> his name is Patrick Meyer. Yeah. Welcome to Understanding the Future Now. It's the Marketing Insider featuring Patrick Meyer. Let me share with you a little lesson about limited edition and how to drive your business forward. What do I mean by limited edition? Let me give you a couple examples. High-end watches that only 100 are made and they come in special cases and there's a whole story wrapped around them. Volkswagen coming with their new GTI. It's not a huge quantity that they're producing, but they're so unique. What does it do? It elevates the whole brand. The whole brand is revitalized just around the energy of those limited editions. Miller Beer. We came out with Ref Bottles that surprised and delighted the consumer. Then we came with Son of Ref Bottles, which were the Kirk Bush NASCAR bottle. Those bottles were in such demand that people were trading out their cores and their Bud Lights to get to those bottles. So here, my friends, is a way you can energize your business and your brand through a limited edition. Number one, it's not about just creating something cool and putting it out there. You have to start with... What are the tastemakers, the people that really matter, that create the brand buzz, urban, the captains of industry, those people that are relevant for your brand, identify what they would love. Second, take your product or your service and create something that's intriguing, that everybody would want to have. Number three, learn a lesson from people who have done this before. Make it limited time frame, limited number, and limited access. Number four, make it special. Premier it. Preview it. Bring it out. Make it a big deal. Don't spend money on advertising. Spend it on PR and publicity. Drive it harder and harder. 
And that, my friends, is limited edition, a way to bring added news value and vitality to your brand. You've been listening to The Marketing Insider, heard every week here on The Advertising Show. Join us next week for more insight into the future of marketing. I'm Patrick Meyer, and remember, the marketing revolution is now. Yes, that is Patrick Meyer. This is Ray Shillings along with Brad Forsyth on The Advertising Show. We've got uh, Donna Fenn back with us um, in just a few minutes from now for a couple more segments. Uh, this hour on the advertising show, still to come to Andy Borowitz. Um, it's a friends and family eavesdropping plan. And that's going to be interesting because that's actually kind of scary. Uh, hmm. <laughs> Virgin Mobile. You know, Richard Branson is so incredibly talented. You, you know, you'd want this is like the goose that l- laid the golden egg, so to speak, because mm-hmm. most everything he does is right and good and successful. Uh, Virgin Mobile USA, they can earn up to 75 minutes of free calls every month by uh, spending the same amount of time uh, looking at ads and responding to them by text messaging. Wouldn't that be a wash then? The company's uh, partnership between Sprint Nextel and Richard Branson's Virgin uh, believes the uh, new ads for minutes concept will be especially appealing to its mostly under 30 customer base who can't add because if you have to watch 75 minutes and text message 75 minutes, wouldn't that be like a wash? I mean, you wouldn't get well, anything no, you, extra. I think you text message. Uh, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, we're going to give you 75 minutes of free airtime, but you got to listen to 75 minutes of stuff. Well, no, not listen. I think it may be viewed. viewed maybe okay. it's viewed on the mobile phone. Okay, so maybe it is a good deal. It just maybe. makes sense to me. But, yeah, I'm like you. I, I don't know who they would appeal to that's trying to get around a, as inexpensive as cell phones uh, time cost today. Sure. You question who the who the group is that's you know trading off that for the, mm-hmm. the free time, and what kind of quality group are you looking at there? Uh, do you do text message on your phone at all? Oh, rare occasions I'll have my uh, nephew or uh, send me a picture of his dog or uh, my wife will occasionally do a text message just to mess around. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it no, rarely. So it's not rarely. for the baby boomers as much as it is for the uh, the Xers. And so. Well, yeah, I mean, why when you can send an email or make a phone call? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'd like to send a fax, actually. Well, I was at your place the other day, and that paper that curls up at the end, that's going to be some kind of collector's item. Absolutely. (laughs) Brad, if you recall, too, that stuff fades after time. We've got some some old stuff uh, in the files. It's like, okay, it's not there anymore. Whoops, that's not good. Uh, Anyway, we've got uh, Donna Fenn back with us here in just a moment, and we hope you'll stay with us for more, much more on The Advertising Show. It's theadvertisingshow.com. And it's a wealth of information for you in advertising and marketing intelligence. Go check it out if you can, advertisingshow.com. Make your advertising dollars work smarter. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Schillens and Brad Forsyth. Look what the guys on the team gave me. The king of the beer frame. Well, I may not be the best at picking spares, but when it comes to picking beers, I'll pick a kingpin every time. That's because they pay you to drink those, Ed. That's the way it goes, okay? 
On the advertising show is Ray Schillens, Brad Forsyth, and our special guest. We promised we'd bring Donna back this hour. Donna Fenn is author of Alpha Dogs, How Your Small Business Can Become a Leader of the Pack, also a contributing editor of Inc. Magazine. DonnaFenn.com, that's F-E-N-N, or you can go to alphadogs.org. Uh, and we're going to talk about dogs this hour. No, we're not either. Uh, welcome back to the show, Donna. Thanks for taking time out of your weekend. No problem. Great to be here. Yeah, and, you know, next segment, uh, we're going to save the final segment to talk a little bit about some of the tips that you offer for entrepreneurs at the end of each chapter as you uh, kind of wrap up your case study and the way this book is formatted, and we'll do that next segment. But uh, first, let, let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, in particular, innovation, technology, customer service. These are three strategies that stand out amongst your case studies of your mm-hmm. of the companies that you feature in your book, Donna. Okay. Let, let, let's take each one and talk about uh, an example from your book, and sure. let's start with innovation. Describe a, a standout example from the innovation category, if you would, please. Sure. Well, the um, the subject of the chapter on uh, on innovation is a company in North Carolina called Thorlow, and Thorlow makes socks. Oh yeah, good ones. And um, good ones. Do you know Thorlow socks? Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah. Great running right. socks as well. Wonderful socks for just about everything. And in fact, I sort of uh, I was just a. Uh, a loyal wearer of those socks for a long, long time. I, mean, I knew the socks before I knew the company, um, and that's one of the reasons, actually, you were asking me earlier how I chose the companies. Um, one of the reasons I wanted to look into Thorlow is because I just kind of had to know what kind of company um, could innovate a product as mundane as a sock. <laughs> uh, and uh, he, Jim Thromberg, who is the CEO of the company, uh, took over the company from his parents in the 60s, and it started out as, as just sort of a basic contract manufacturer. Of, uh, they made military socks to start out with, and they contract manufactured socks for Bonnie Dune and Izod and a bunch of other, uh, bunch of other folks. And but Jim always had this dream of having a, a brand of his own, and uh, he had the, he, he he sort of ha- stumbled upon that opportunity when he was at a he's a big guy, he's about six three or four or five, and he's was about three hundred pounds back in the eighties. And he went to a weight loss clinic, and, he, and they made him walk 10 miles a day, and his feet just were killing him. And so he called back to his, his head of R&D in, in, uh, in Statesville and said, Marvin, you got to make me a pair of socks. My feet are killing me. And Marvin made a pair of socks, and they had all this thick padding on the sole, and, uh, and Jim walked in them and hit the ball, and the heel of his foot felt great, but the arch was killing him, and so he called back to Marvin and said, Marvin, take the padding out of the arch. And so Marvin did and sent the socks back, and lo and behold, he could he could walk. Well, he says he could walk forever. I'm not so sure he could walk forever, but, but uh, you know, he, he ended up thinking, well, if, the, if, 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 if I can, um, if, these, if this kind of a design and a sock can help me, then it can help other people as well. And so um, that was his, what he calls his aha moment. And I think that the lesson there is that innovation very often comes from uh, pain. Mm-hmm. Um, you sort of look for the pain, literally or figuratively, in the yeah. status quo, and that's your opportunity. When you, I mean, and this not doesn't just go for products; it can go for services, it can go for anything, um, uh, go from anything from you know shopping carts and grocery stores to electric toothbrushes to you know how you pick up your dry cleaning. What is it that people hate about these about these products or these services? That you, you identify that, and that's where your innovation sweet spot is. You know, I would have had you more of a Haynes woman instead of a Thorlor, a Thorlow. Uh, a what woman? Haynes. You Haynes. know, pantyhose. 
pantyhose. <laughs> oh, oh, are you kidding? I work at home. I haven't had pantyhose like since you know 1986. <laughs> well, apparently you and Ray now both have something in common. So oh, that's great. No. Thorlo, uh, we have Thorlo bread. That's I true. Love that's right. Thorlo, yeah. yeah, but let, let's talk about a, an example of customer service because I think you know a lot of cases, uh, small business people maybe sometimes lose sight of customer service. I'm afraid. Well, that's true, and I think that um, one of the disappointing things is that, uh, you know, customer service in general is quite bad now. Uh, There's a a study done every year by the Customer Care Alliance in uh, in Virginia, and they survey a 1,000 or so people about their worst customer service experiences. There's a lot of those. Uh, Pardon? (laughs) A lot of those out there. A lot of those. A lot of those. Um, And, um, you know, I don't know. I think the last time I took a look at that survey, 73% um, said that that their biggest problems were caused by big companies. And, um, you know, a vast majority said that they'd never do business with the company again, that they never got anything for their trouble, not even I'm sorry or it won't happen again. Um, you know, really, when you think about it, we, customer service really is terrible. They say it's from our cell phone companies to our banks to, uh, yeah. you know, the car dealerships. They're, they're just, they just don't take good care of you. So I mean, my point is that that, that's, that represents a huge opportunity for small companies to, um, you know, to come in and be the antidote to the abuse that I think a lot of us feel from big companies these days. Mm-hmm. And uh, the subject of my chapter on customer service is Chris Zane at Zane Cycles, who I mentioned earlier. And, um, you know, customer service was, from the very beginning, uh, his differentiating uh, a point. He, he, when he started his company, he wasn't competing with Walmarts and, uh, and Targets and Sports Authority. Uh, he was competing with other small bike shops. But he beat them out on service, and then when Walmart uh, came to town and Sports Authority came to town, he, um, you know, he had grabbed the service end of the market, and he was the, he was the, the, you know, the guy who was focused on service more than price, and and uh, you know, and he's, you know, surviving in the shadows of giants now, um, you know, competing with the big category killers, lifetime free service on every bike you buy, um, you know, thirty day price guarantee, or 90-day price guarantee, rather, 30-day return policy. Bring the bike back for any reason you want. Wow. If you don't like it after, uh, you know, before 30 days, hmm. buy a kid's bike, um, take it back the next year, get the full price towards a bigger bike. I mean, there's really not much he won't do to make you, as I said before, fall in love with the company. So he doesn't have one point that is different from everybody else. He has several that are different well, from everybody else. he has several. Else. It's one thing after another, really. Um, and, you know, the, he watches the marketplace very carefully. And as soon as he, he feels that he's being attacked on one level, he will ratchet it up. Hmm. And that's what you've got to do. You know, I think it's a, such a critical point that you, you use the word differentiation, and a lot of small businesses start, and they think they can start just because they can do it better. But unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, consumers, I think, uh, look for multiple points of differentiation from where they currently uh, do business. And the example you give uh, right there with the, uh, the bike Zanes is a great example of dif- yeah. a highly differentiated company. Special guest is, service. Uh, the special guest is Donna Fenn, author of uh, Alpha Dogs. How your small business can become a leader of the pack. Also, contributing editor of Inc. Magazine. This is a great book. This is probably one you ought to have in your small business library or just in your home library as well. We're going to be uh, back with more with Donna in uh, just a few moments. By the way, it's DonnaFenn.com or AlphaDogs.org. We're coming down to the bottom of the hour, and we have, um, let's see, Jeffrey Gittimer, Price 
versus value. How much are you worth? Really, how much are you worth? We'll find out here in just a moment. There's more on the advertising show. Quick takes on sales and customer relations with Jeffrey Gittimer, nationally syndicated columnist in the network of city business journals and other great publications worldwide. If you're offended by common sense commentary, don't you dare listen. Now, here's Jeffrey. Let's talk about the real way to beat price. Price versus value. You know, when the customer asks you how much is it, it's the biggest buying signal in the world. And sometimes, like an idiot, you give them the price in advance. (laughs) What are you thinking? But let's go to the question, how much is it? Let me give you the answer to that. It doesn't matter if the value is there. Let me make it real simple. Draw a line down the middle of a flip chart page. On one side, put prices too high and take the lowest bid. On the other side of the page, I want you to tell me what your customer wants. No, no, not your product. What your customer really wants. You may have nothing to do with your product or service. What do your customers want? Well, your customers want more sales for themselves, greater productivity, more profit, better image, more customers, loyal employees, better morale, no hassles, more free time, notoriety, all kinds of stuff. List all those things on the other side of the flip chart. Now you got price too high and everything the customer wants. Think about this. If you're able to get him or her any of those or even one of those items on the right-hand side, how significant is price? You see, the more value you provide, the less price matters. The head is attached to the price. The heart is attached to the wallet. Jerk on the heartstrings, and the wallet comes popping right out of that back pocket. Quick takes on sales and customer relations from The Advertising Show, the only radio show in America featuring Jeffrey Gittimer as a regular weekly guest. To learn more about his books, tapes, CDs, and speaking engagements, log on to Gittimer.com, G-I-T-O-M-E-R.com. And tune in next week when we'll hear Jeffrey say, This is Jeffrey Gittimer reminding you that if no one responds to your ad, it may be because your ad sucks. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. I dread to think what became of her. That haunting, exquisite creature. A note of music. Save me. A thoughtless word from any one of us. A disturbance of the air. Could start an earthquake. Back with The Advertising Show, Ray Schillensbred, Forsyth, the classic spot, and... uh, Really classy lady. Donna Fenn, Alpha Dogs, how your small business can become a leader of the pack. For one more segment here with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth, welcome back to the show, Donna. Thanks very much. Yeah, and you know, if you, if you don't get this book for the content, you on the inside back cover, uh, you get a picture of Donna Fenn there, and you see her picture. Handsome woman, I might It's add, available right? for framing. Handsome? Yeah. Handsome woman. Oh, my God. It, what? That Isn't that? Horse what? Or, never mind. No, no. That was that was Brad, by the way. Okay, okay got it. Okay. <laughs> it, and it says everything about her. It says that she's Pelham, New York. She stay, and she got her husband, her two children, her three dogs. You've got everything there, but your phone number, which we'll give out at the end of the show. No, we won't. Uh, no, we won't do that. But let's talk a little bit about technology for a second and how it's changed really the the, the playing field out there for a lot of. Uh, small businesses. And I'm just going to throw out an example. Let's say that you're a a television uh, production company and uh, 
one time, a decade or so ago, they were charging very high rates to produce TV spots. But with technology today, uh, an individual can decide to get into that business, and they can do it on a shoestring. And uh, therefore, they've driven down the cost of what it would uh uh, cost a, 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 a company to develop a TV spot. So now all of a sudden you have a situation where uh, owners of businesses I've seen, I know in that particular field, many of them have gone out of business because they haven't been able to figure out how to hold on to that uh, you know, larger uh, billing client that would pay those outrageous uh, fees for TV spots. So, the question becomes, and I've seen I've seen this done, and you have as well. Uh, what ends up happening is you get these small competitors that are willing to do it for for less, and it ends up where companies just feel like they have to work harder and put out more and charge less for it in order to stay in business because of some of these technology advances. And uh, I'm curious if you found yourself in a business like that, what advice would you have for a, a company where technology has adversely affected uh, what well, was I once mean, I feel a... Like if, but the example that you're... Let's address the example that you mentioned, first of all. Sure. I mean, if you've got com- smaller competitors out there that are that are doing, um, you know, what you do uh, cheaper, uh, mm. then you can't play a price game anymore. You've got, you've got to differentiate yourself in some other way. What are you giving that client that this, that this new, um, new entry to the marketplace can't? Mm-hmm. Uh, is it your experience? Is it better quality? Is mm-hmm. it better? Is it better knowledge of the business? Um, you know, I think that uh, you know, te- technology. One of the things about technology is that it can make your small competitors look really big, and your big competitors look really small and intimate. Um, I mean, you have to find a way um, constantly to give your customers to know what they're giving your customers to know what they're giving your customers that that you're not and then to find something different to offer. I mean, it really requires that you're on top of your game all the time. You know, that's such a good point. I think most small businesses fail to to see how they can differentiate themselves in times of need, such as what you just described. Let's uh, let's jump into uh, a few of the uh, wonderful, outstanding tips that you include in your book for entrepreneurs. And uh, let's let's hit upon a few of these, and I want to get your take. Uh, you talk about the con- taking the contrarian approach to managing. What would be an example of what you mean by that? Um, taking a, con- a contrarian approach to managing. I mean, mm-hmm. I think um, uh, a contrarian approach might be that, um, you know, instead of managing with an iron fist, you manage with an open book. You you, you um, share information and, uh, and uh, financial information, particularly with your employees, so that they feel that they have emotional ownership of the company. Outstanding point, and again, I think most most uh, entrepreneurs tend to go textbook, and your example right there is a, mm-hmm. a 180 and going in another direction. When you interview for behavior and not just skills, what are you suggesting you look for there? I mean, well, for example, I think one of the the, um, the examples I use in the book is that uh, I mention uh, a guy who has a tire shop in Watertown, Mass. Now, when he wants to hire somebody to work in his shop, uh, uh, he asks them to come for an interview at eight, at 7 a.m. because that is the time of day that they're going to be dealing with customers. So he wants to see how they look at 7 a.m. Can mm. they get up? Do they are they dragging? Are they personable? Are they pre, are they presentable? Um, you know what what is the person's behavior at 7 a.m. because that's probably when they're going to be dealing with the with the uh, with the biggest volume of customers who are dropping off their cars. That's a great insight. It really is. And another one of your tips for small business owners is to tap local intelligence. Uh, I think I would know what that means, but but share with us about that. Well, I mean, when you're first starting your uh, business, I mean, I think entrepreneurs tend to be real. Uh, they tend to be isolated. 
And especially when you're first starting up, you want to get as much advice, as much much input as you possibly can, draw upon the intelligence of the people in the community, people who are already in business. They may be able to share insights with you that are not... um, that are not so obvious. I mean, I think entrepreneurs tend to think they have to go it alone, and I think one of the biggest pieces of advice, that most valuable pieces of advice is you don't need to go alone, get help. You know, it's, uh, another one of your tips, Donna, is to protect your turf. Now, that sounds obvious. It, you know, you're trying to keep your competitors out of your space, I suppose, but do you have any suggestions for our small business owners listening in today? Well, I mean, I think the the point that I made on that tip was, uh, you know, sometimes in, in in communities you get these big superstores that want to come in. Um, in many cases, they're getting tax breaks. They're they're getting uh, they're getting all sorts of uh, of incentives to come in. Uh, if you're a small business owner and that's happening to you, you've got to go and you've got to make sure that your public dollars are not being used are not being given to somebody whose goal is to put you out of business. And so, uh, yeah, you've got to get together and you've got to protect your turf. Um, you've got to make sure that, uh, you know, that, that, the, that the playing field is level for everybody. Go get the book. It's called Alpha Dogs, How Your Small Business Can Become a Leader of the Pack. And Donna, it has been a pleasure having you here at the Advertising Show. We hope uh, we hope many people will pick up that book and uh, you're very successful with that. I hope so, too. It's been fun. Thank you. And Thank we'll you be done. back with more in just a minute on the Advertising Show with Ray Schillen. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Susie Chapstick has changed her name. Call me Susie Chapstick. Hey, Susie Chapstick. Back then, Chapstick had nothing in it for sun protection. <laughs> we were all thinking that, you know, hey, we're in good shape here. Burn your lips uh, off. Burn your lips off, yeah, exactly. Better than Botox uh, or whatever that stuff is. Um, we've got uh, Donna Fenn. We thank her for that, uh, for the um, the interview today, and we hope you go on and buy the book, Alpha Dogs, How Your Small Business Can Become a Leader of the Pack and also a contributing editor to Inc. Magazine, which we get here at the office, so it's good. Um, anyway, Dave Balter is uh, next week on the show. He's a founder and CEO at Buzz Agent, BZZ. Do so you have to be drinking to work there? Buzz Agent. Get a buzz? Buzz. Yes. No, it's a great company. Sure it, it really is. really is. Yeah. And we yeah. look forward to uh, to meeting Dave and talking with him more uh, next week on the advertising show. There's a new slogan out, Brad, for hmm. Baltimoreans. <laughs> Baltimoreans. Mm. Uh, the, the tourism officials let everyone in on Baltimore's new tourism campaign. Are you ready? I'm ready. It's Baltimore. Get in on it. Wow. Ooh. Okay. Man, I'll tell you, you know, that, that saying right there could never be used in any other city but Baltimore. Let's try it out. Des Moines. Get, get into in, it. Get in on it. Yeah, right. Exactly. Get in on it. Get in, get in on it. Yeah, that's it. Is that what it is? Get in on it? Yes, yes. Get, yeah. it, get in on it. It was a new logo, a jumble of multicolored images of all the things Baltimore, including beer and baseball, a baseball cap, crabs and a dinosaur, 
a dinosaur. Well, there's, there's their slogan right there. What? Crabs and a dinosaur. Dinosaur Baltimore. with crabs, yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, let's see. Uh, it's all about creating a new image. Think breezy, easy, and fun. Oh, oh boy. You know, you've got to know that these people are just sitting around going, yeah, that's great. Keep going. Well, wait uh, a minute. And then before you know it, they have a jingle uh, that'll be beamed over the airways <laughs> in Washington and Philadelphia. It starts airing, uh, actually, this coming week. Uh, two television and uh, radio spots costing... 700,000 bucks for a month, and they'll feature a jazzy jingle rendition of, say it with me, get in on it. Get in on it. I got to tell you, Ray, I'm serious about this. You said something while you were reading that, and it really would be a better slogan than get in on it. And that's breezy, easy, and fun. Mm -hmm. Because if you've been to uh, Baltimore, and I'm sure you have, They've got. They have a harbor there, and that's where all the activity is uh, near downtown. And, mm-hmm. and people go down to the harbor and uh, sit there. And there's a restaurant down. There's a McCormick and Schmick's down there, and sure. there's other activities. Well, so there's some great restaurants in Baltimore. Yeah, you're right. It's breezy. Easy. The people and there are easy, and it's fun. And I'm not talking about the women of the evening being no. easy. I'm talking about the easygoing <laughs> the attitude fun, yeah. of people in Baltimore. So it's breezy, easy, and fun. There you go. Now, see, Des Moines can't handle that because they don't have much of a breeze up there. Well, only in the summer when the, so the tornadoes come through. And um, they're only having fun when it's corn uh, shucking time. <laughs> uh, okay, then. Uh, but you're right. You're absolutely right. What they did is they said that they, they had to come up with something that wasn't... Um, that was generic. There wasn't, the, wasn't the core competency. Breezy, easy, and fun is great. Guys, if you haven't sung the jingle yet, you probably ought to think about redoing it. Yeah, let's it, okay? rethink this. So breezy, easy, and fun. By the way, that phrase is available for your town if it is breezy, easy, and fun. You, right. you can use that. It's free from the advertising show. See right. how that works, folks? Chances are breezy. Okay, it's going to be on the water somewhere. So all you people in the Midwest that are listening, you can forget it. It's not for you. Yeah. Easy and fun. Well, pretty much if it's breezy and you're on the water, you're gonna. It's going to be easy and it's going to be fun. I would imagine, unless it's Havana. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, here now. Here's another thing. Snippets of the campaign played at uh, this past week's event, and uh, this is. I don't want to spend a lot of time planning. I want it to be easy. Well, there's that word easy, says an older man with a goatee. <laughs> Truly. You can go eat some crabs, enjoy the vibe, says a man's voice. Oh, well, there's uh, your fun. Yeah. There's your fun. It's certainly not offensive, this guy says. Uh, let's see. What else do we yeah, Well, it's not offensive. When it's generic, how can it be offensive? Oh, people have already been shouting it to me on the streets yet. Yeah, right. It's definitely growing on me. Well, it shouldn't have to grow. It shouldn't have to grow on you, okay? It so does a fungus uh, <laughs> and black mold on, on yeah. wet drywall. That, that's funny. I, you know, that's interesting because usually, you, you know, the, the big boys on Madison Avenue will tell you that go talk to your customers. In this case, people that live in the community, yeah. and they will help you uh, uh, understand how to message your brand well there you go you read a couple of quotes there verbatims as they call it from uh, from people in the community there and they right. they uh, pretty much lined up with the breezy easy fun so okay, if you yeah. agree with us send a, a self-addressed stamped envelope to baltimore maryland <laughs> change your campaign dot so, gov this has actually been a double header advertising feature this week on the advertising yeah show. it's a really, bonus really bonus happens weekend. it's kind of like a double rainbow or a uh, total That's eclipse true. twice in one month or something right. like that. Or, or uh, kind of like uh, herpes. Right. Or poison ivy. We yep. have more with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth on the advertising show. And we hope you'll stay with us. Andy Borowitz on the way, too, about the friends and family eavesdropping plan. It's something you want to get into, so stay with us.
make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. Nobody can call George Whipple an old fuddy-duddy. This new sign is right up with the times. Maybe this will stop the ladies from squeezing charm and bathroom tissue. The Advertising Show, Ray Shillings, Brad Forsythe, the book by Luke Sullivan. Hey, we'll squeeze this. is a great read as well. And uh, we have, uh, as we said before, I want to say thanks to Donna Fenn, uh, author of Alpha Dogs, How Your Small Business Can Become a Leader of the Pack, and also invite you to stay with us for next week. I mean, you can just, you know, keep the keep the uh, uh, computer on if you'd like. David uh, Balter, Balter, Dave Balter is founder and CEO of Bzz Agent. So we'll, uh, we'll uh, have Dave on the show Next week, at this same time, same station, same place. Yeah. And you know, if same you're, speed. <laughs> that's exactly right. And word of mouth marketing is what this is all about. So hopefully, Dave will get some word of mouth going about him being here on the advertising show. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he'll spread the word. Yes, he will. Kind of like well, herpes. <laughs> or poison that. ivy, as poison you say. Poison ivy, yeah. yeah. Poison ivy is supposed to be more prevalent uh, now this, this year, apparently because of global warming or something. Well, right. it's a gas shortage. It's tied in with the but gas shortage. It's a gas shortage. shortage, yeah. Although gas prices have come down a little bit, and we're very they happy have. about that. And for the first time, I got my first bad tank of gas. Thank you very much, whoever screwed that one up. You told you mentioned that last week on the show. Well, the car's still, running better now. So. Still pinging on you? It's not pinging. It was going, hang, hang, hang. And it was running bad. So. <laughs> can you recreate that sound for your mechanic? I think I, you can work I, I, on that. I can yeah. do that, as a matter of yeah. fact. Yeah, or your doctor, either way. <laughs> we have uh, some weird uh, stuff that's actually not true. Of course, we shouldn't tell you that, but you'll figure it out. It's Andy Borowitz here on the Advertising Show. Hi, this is Andy Borowitz for the Advertising Show. And now, here's this week's feature from the Borowitz Report. In a sign that the Bush administration intends to ratchet up its program of domestic surveillance, the CIA this past week announced that it was offering what it called a friends and family eavesdropping plan. Under that new plan, American citizens would reap significant discounts for long-distance calls in exchange for permitting the CIA to listen in on all of their conversations. The calls would be routed through a CIA spy satellite and then beamed back to the spy agency's headquarters in Virginia, where the agency operatives will be listening in on a 24-hour basis. With many Americans unhappy with their current long-distance services, the CIA hopes that consumers will decide that having a CIA agent listening in on all of their conversations is a small price to pay for fewer dropped calls, which the CIA's eavesdropping plan promises. According to the agency's announcement, the CIA is sweetening the deal by offering even deeper discounts if the customer will allow the agency to out their names of its friends and family by leaking them to a newspaper reporter or columnist. Carol Foyler of Memphis, who signed up for the eavesdropping plan on Monday, said that so far she's had mixed feelings about the new service. I was talking to my boyfriend last night. All of a sudden I heard Dick Cheney on the line. And that kind of puts a damper on things. This is Andy Borowitz, and this has been a special edition of the Borowitz Report from The Advertising Show. To read more reports or to receive daily email alerts, log on to borowitzreport.com. This is Andy Borowitz saying, keep it fake, baby. Always good stuff from Andy Borowitz on The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and uh, Brad Forsyth. Hope you can join us next week. Uh, Dave Balter. Founder and CEO of Buzz Agent is our, our special guest. You know, Brad, we were talking about uh, cars and gas and everything like that. Uh, mm-hmm. General Motors is doing a gas reimbursement thing now. I don't know whether you've seen this. Is finally, 
Somebody's doing something about the gas prices is one of the ads. Uh, it's a California and Florida excuse me, campaign, and it's for the 2005-2006 uh, models. They'll get monthly reimbursements via a prepaid card for gasoline that costs more than a buck ninety-nine a gallon. And uh, they're on certain cars, uh, let's see, the Tahoe, the Suburban, <laughs> high mileage, uh, so, Monte Carlo, the Yukon, uh, the Hummer. <laughs> oh, gee, that's a joke. So uh, what are you doing? Are you rooting for higher prices? I guess so. I don't know. They're, they're, yeah. Well, they're giving, you know, they're paying people back for uh, for, for how gas. long? For the ownership Through of the Through the end of the year, they're doing this. Oh, Finally, wow. somebody's doing something about the gas prices. That's, uh, you know, drug pushers do the same thing. They, they give you a little bit for a while, they're and then they circle and back around, and they're gone. Yeah, I wonder if all of these people that are driving the Hummers and the, uh, and the higher... Or the lower mileage ones are uh, are going to be trading those in at the end. Well, that's yeah. You got a lot of those for sale somewhere around December, I would imagine. I'm, I know the employee based pricing worked really good for them, but mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of nice to see that they changed it up a little bit. If you know, what I'm you saying. know, if you're a furniture store and you wanted to do the employee price pricing, that's probably a brilliant idea for somebody out there. Gee. <laughs> Oh no no a house a house a house person did that. A, a I thought you told me a furniture store did that. Well, they did it too, but it, so did <laughs> it, so did a home builder. Like what? Yeah. What are you talking about? Well, you know, we're, we're talking small business today. So if you're a small business person and you're thinking about ripping somebody else's idea off because you think, hey, they've got a good idea over there, but there I'm not in that category of business. I'm going to take that idea and apply it to my marketing. Sit down till the feeling goes away and think up your own idea. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, and then use the slogan, easy, breezy, and fun. Yeah. Yeah. Or uh, what was the real slogan they used for Baltimore? Just do it or something. (laughs) Just do it. (laughs) Just got milk. Just do it in Baltimore. Yeah, something. I don't know what it was. Yeah. Well, anyway. Lost that page. Hey, um, you know, right? I'm sorry. Go ahead. It really stuck with me, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know if you've heard this yet or not, but advising consumers to, I like this slogan, drive with your heart, buy with your head. BMW has launched a national TV, print, radio, and Internet campaign to promote its certified pre-owned program. Okay. The campaign, which was uh, developed by uh, created by Publicist New York, includes national and regional media, network and cable television, radio and print ads. A BMW executive was quoted as saying, CPO, that's short for certified pre-owned, sales are up 20% this year for BMW. So congratulations wow. to them. But I like the slogan, drive with your heart, buy with your head, and go to Baltimore in your certified pre-owned BMW. Easy, funny, and fancy and fun. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, that's that's great. Well, they always do a great job with marketing and advertising. Yeah, what can I say? No, no they're so such a good job. They fired their agency, and now they're handled uh, out of Texas <laughs> from GSDNM. I'm sure they're real excited about Fallon. That too. They fired. Yes. Speaking of Luke Sullivan, because he used to work for Fallon too, it's a, a long time ago. Well, you know, we're going to have Pat Fallon on the show here one day soon. He's written a book, uh, and we're working on getting him on the show. So, Pat Fallon, founder of Fallon. Out of Minneapolis, famous agency. We'll sell some copies of that book for Pat. It'll be good. Uh, next week, Dave Balter, founder and CEO of Buzz Agent. Hope you can join us there at the Advertising Show, being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. Visit them online at adage.com. The Advertising Show is a big radio midgets production. <laughs>